All right, guys, welcome in. Episode two of the 2023 NASCAR Flag Hunting Podcast season. Just finished up the class a couple weeks ago, got a week off, but now we are in the thick of things for the Daytona 500 this week. And we got Chris, of course, with me, but we got Roy Picks, who came on for us uh, to talk a little bit of Riviera, a little bit of Genesis Invitational for golf, and uh, sticking around despite uh, playing through a bit of a, a bug there, 24-hour flu he's got. So give it up for Rory, even though he's not on the screen right now, <laughs> but he is fighting through a bit of pain here uh, to be with us here. So before we get into the main event, um, my personal favorite NASCAR event of the year, Daytona, let's talk a little bit about how things went two weeks ago in L.A. The class of the call, CM Martin Truex, gets the W. I think he opened it around 25, 28 to 1 maybe. Yeah, 22, um, I think, yeah. He won something like that. Uh, obviously showed a lot of speed in practice and qualifying, uh, and that number got juiced down pretty heavily by race day. But Truex dominates for us at FHP. We had our shots there at the top. We had long shots like Priest and Austin Dillon hanging around. William Byron qualified very well, was kind of a mainstay in the top five. Um, but when you look, kind of look back on the class, what do you think you got right, Chris, and, and kind of what are you taking forward for, for maybe future iterations of, of that event? Well, the future iterations will be – uh, more of what's to come, right? Because we don't know where, where it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be back there or where else it's going to be. My guess is it's probably going to be either something, something like there's New York City being thrown around right now, apparently. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did Wilkesboro just because it's so sharp, close to Charlotte already. Um, something like that. So we'll see. I don't really know that it's going to be back in LA next year. I thought that they had signed a two-year extension, but now I'm hearing people say that that's, it's not actually signed for next year. So uh, future, future iterations, I don't know. Um, but as for what happened this past, or I guess two weeks now, two weeks ago now, um, yeah, I guess I was a little disappointed in the top of our card. Uh, I felt so confident about Christopher Bell and William Byron, and they were like, I mean, Byron probably had like a fifth, sixth place car, and that's about where he stayed the entire night. Uh, he looked great in the heats, but just couldn't move in the field. Yeah. Um, Christopher Bell was just, I knew we were screwed as soon as he didn't, as soon as he'd gotten knocked out of the way in the heats and had yeah. races in the last chance qualifier, being that far back in the field is just, is, wasn't, well, he was never going to make it back. Uh, I think the only guy who even got moved to the back and made it back to the front was Kyle Bush. So, uh, a good transition to Kyle Bush. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a good transition to Kyle Bush is like, man, that, <laughs> To a lot of Twitter was about to be really happy because there was a lot of tickets on Kyle Bush in that eight car and he almost cashed a lot of them. Um, he looks really impressive. Um, I mean, Hey, I did feel good about obviously priest and Dylan um, priest, man, we were sweating there for a while. I thought we were going to really catch one, catch a 50 to one there for a while. Um, yeah. That was, that was fun. Um, Austin Dylan, man, he made a late charge just like he did last year, just like he did at Martinsville. Um, so yeah, I didn't, the takeaway for me is I had fun, right? That's all you can ask for. We we went we went low units. We had five outrights, but didn't spend more than you know five units on six units on it. Um, yeah. You know, overall, I had I had fun for the entire night. You know, the only bad thing I guess you can say is that the second half of that race was a little bit of a slugfest as far as we had a caution every two laps, and that part kind of sucked. But yeah. um, other than that, I thought the whole event for the second year in a row, I thought it was a hit. Like I loved it. I had yeah. fun. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Uh, I think the best car won. Uh, I think Truex was the best car post-qualifying, post post-heats, and that's always good to say. Uh, the yeah. Toyotas in general looked good. I mean, Hamill was up there for a little bit. Bubba was up there for a little bit. Um, so, I Bell guess. qualified well, at least. <laughs> do what? Well, qualified fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had that going for him. He just couldn't sustain anything when they actually got on the track. But, um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I think 
heck, it was about I, I, I kind of texted you right after the event. I was like, yeah, the, the Cardinals are better this week because we had I mean, we projected Bell and Byron as uh, fast qualifiers. And we obviously if you if you qualify up front and, and start up front for the actual main event, like you have a, a damn good shot to stay in there just because it's so tough to move up through the field. So when we when we kind of got through the first stages of qualifying and we had Bell and Byron um, leading the third and fourth heats. We thought maybe there's a good chance they'd start inside the top five. That didn't happen for Bell. Did happen for Byron. He couldn't quite get a win. But um, And then you look at the back of the card with guys like Priest and Dylan. I mean, there's nobody for me more important for me than Ryan Priest. Um, that kid, I, I've been hearing a lot about him for a long time. Shout out to our, our boys, Nick and Thomas, who are big uh, who are big Priest guys. Chris um, gave his spiel about his history on modified. It um, modifies on these kind of short um, these short tracks and he proved a lot of y'all right. Uh, those of y'all that have been kind of high on him for quite some time. So very excited to, to bet him going forward. I, I would assume he's going to be, uh, we're going to have exposure to him in Martinsville and a few of these other tracks. But when you kind of both y'all look forward at the outlook for priest, like I'm sure his profile has grown within the sport, just in those what 125 laps. So what do you think, uh, the upside is, do you, I mean, do you share my sentiment that you think he's capable of winning um, one of these events later on the season when the chips are really down and the money's really on the line? Um, and yeah, just kind of overarching opinions on that 41 car. Cause for a guy, you know, we talked about in the, in the series in the season preview before we discussed the clash, uh, you were quite high on priest just versus consensus. Um, you know, maybe take a little bit of victory lap or, just kind of discuss what you saw and, and what you are looking for going forward. Yeah, I think I'm I'm still as excited about Priest. Like, I think I'm almost more mad about what I saw because now I'm not going to be able to catch a good number on him later. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I was I had kind of already had Martinsville or like New Hampshire or some of those places kind of circled for Priest as it was, and this yeah. was more of like a hey, let's just have fun and see if Priest can. Act. I didn't think I to, to be completely honest with you, I did not think Priest was going to come out and run as well as he did. I yeah. was just kind of putting my the money where the mouth is and saying like, "Hey, I like him at this style of track. I'm gonna bet him here later. Right. Let's just see what happens." Uh, now that he led 30, 40 laps or whatever it was, we're probably not gonna get as good of, of a number later on in the season as as I would have liked. But yeah. I can't imagine that. Uh, I can't imagine it'll be too good of a number. And I, I still think he's gonna he's good for at least a victory this year. I really do. I really do think that. And Roy, I think you guys you might, you guys were on Priest too, weren't you over at Lane Coin? <clears throat> I think Mark had him on top three maybe outright i didn't have him just i didn't mind him like i thought he could be a good play um i just didn't get too deep in that fucking shit show of a damn event i mean i think i would feel better about it if they just ran the whole 150 laps without a mid mid race fucking show i mean I felt like the racing and everything got better and started picking up the longer they were out there, you know, laying rubber down. You had people that were actually like passing on the outside just a little bit. It was like a second groove was coming in. And then now all of a sudden we stopped for however, I don't even know how long because I didn't watch the damn halftime thing. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like if Wiz Khalifa's all right, as far as like rap music or whatever, but I'm here to watch a race. I'm not here to watch fucking a mid-race rap show and dude don't even know what the hell's going on. Like, he has no clue what's going on at this at this mug. Like, 
I'm sure he was smoking some good shit, though. That, <laughs> oh, he that was. might would. Yeah, that <laughs> might would have been fun if you'd have caught up with him or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I feel like I, I guess that whole halftime show is just an ex- like the teams get to yeah, it's the cars it, in the interim, right? Because it's it's impossible to get behind the wall yeah. under a green flag. So that's just kind of their way of saying like, hey, here's your chance to work on your car for 15 minutes while we entertain the crowd and all the college students yeah. that are here for the for the Wiz concert. I mean, I understand it. My whole thing is, is I would love to see them fuckers have to do a 150 lap run. I would love, yeah. I'd love to see them have to do that. See whose cars start falling apart. Hell here. Damn. Here's my idea. You, I, guys wanna, you guys want to talk about like amendments to make on, on like the PGA tour for me as like a, as a pretty casual NASCAR fan, I would just like to see like, just keep the heats going, like eliminate guys, like, so you have your first round of heats with 36 or so drivers. You eliminate a third of them through round one. Like, if you finish fourth or worse in your heat, you're done yeah. for the night. You go on the next round. And then, you know, you you take three drivers from each heat in the next round and just kind of keep going there. And, and, you know, number one, if you only have, like, eight cars on the, on the grid at a time, like, you're not going to get, you would think, as many cautions as we saw in the main events with 22 cars on a quarter-mile track. And I love the heat races just in general. I love the fact that, you know, it, it kind of reminded me going back to going to dirt tracks going up and, and just, you know, guys having to fight their way into the main event. That would have been, I think, really cool. So, for me – The top 16 would have been part like yeah. plenty of people in the final run because yeah. there was only realistically, what, five cars that might could have won that race that exactly. were that much yeah. better, better than everybody else. I mean, yeah. so – 16 would have been plenty. You cut down on all the bullshit, roughing up cautions, and yes. it kind of gets it spread out a little while so you're not catching lap traffic maybe quite as fucking quick and yeah. gives you a little bit more man- maneuver maneuverability through there because it's, you know, you're not going to run into so many slow cars at one time. The leader should be able to get through, not have any problems. I mean, it's just... It is what it is. Whatever fucking grand idea they think that that is, like I, whatever you know, you want to go get out in that market. I I have no clue what what that brings for that race, this and that. But yeah, I can it, tell but, you right now, I would rather see an all star race at like fucking Rockingham or somewhere somewhere like that instead of that. That is awful. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, look, I I actually enjoy the clash. I I think it's actually pretty cool. It's it's something that like I, I think a lot of it's the heat races for me. Like the heat races and just the whole process of getting to the main event is more fun for me than sometimes the actual main event. The racing this year was totally better. <laughs> yeah, way better. Like they only had one fucking issue, and of course it was somebody that I had Gibbs catching on fire. <laughs> um. I feel like they could get me a little bit more involved if the legal books would offer, you know, at least the heat odds and yeah. offer qualifying odds, like something something to dabble in. If they're going to do this thing on two separate days, then they need to offer fucking gambling for it. So and while like, you're and- watching practice and qualifying that night, like you can you can take somebody and enjoy it. Yeah. Kind of like this, kind of like this week, right? We get to bet on literally everything this week. You can bet on practice, you can bet on qual or not practice, but qualifying the the duels. 
Um, I, I think that was my biggest takeaway from, or I guess my only like negative of the clash was the fact that we weren't able to bet on, on more. There was not a lot available. There was, and that was my worry, right? I think I brought that up on the podcast. I was like, Hey, bet some of this stuff now because they might take it down. And it might not come back up. Um, and, and that was kind of the case. Like it came back up like an hour before the race started. So you kind of had to like, if you didn't have things down, you had to kind of quickly get it in. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like, I think similar to your answer for the PGA tour of like, I don't think the heat races is like an every week thing. I wouldn't want it every week that would ruin the, that would ruin it. Um, but if we had it like once or twice a year at like a short track or, um, yeah, I'm not opposed to that. I think it's fun. I think I'm, it's a lot fine. Of fun. I'm fine with heat races on short tracks. I don't yeah. think it's a good ass idea. To be honest um, with you, and Roy, I think you can get on board with this. Really? What if we? Uh, what if we? What if like once or twice a year on short tracks, they did heat racing and took away stages? Yes, that'd be all right. Or like, let's say like Bristol dirt. Like, let's do some stages in that instead of that long ass. How many laps do they run at that damn thing? Too many. <laughs> and they they don't do stages there, right? They don't do any kind of. Not stages, really but do. any kind of heat race. Do they do the heat race? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do it to set the qualifying. I think so. Yeah, right? Do they do heat races at Bristol Dirt? I think so. Whoa. I think yeah. they did. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, because be I know that's how I know that's how they set the lineup at like Knoxville, yeah, and, and uh, whatnot for the trucks. So and Eldor. So I was thinking maybe they did do do them there. News to me. I can only I can only remember the last five laps of that damn Bristol dirt race last uh, last year, and it still. Oh, God, yeah, let's yeah. move on from that one. <laughs> All yeah. right, so shit, shit on shit on Chase Briscoe. He did that to me twice last year, man. He did it to me once at Bristol Dirt with Reddick, and then he did it again to me at the Coca Cola Six Hundred with Larson Live. No, I had taken Larson that. Live. Yeah, what a about that what energy. a fucking dick. I can't believe who, who who won this coaster. Was it Kyle? Or was it Denny? That won the coaster hundred. Was it Kyle? It was fucking Kyle. Denny. It was Denny. It was Denny. It was Denny. Yeah. How the fuck did Denny win that race? <laughs> the Chevys four were like tires. laps around the entire field for like four hours straight. Because Chase Briscoe decided, hey, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck everything up. Watch this. I'm gonna try to make a pass that I can't stick and make. That's why. And if if he could have. Well, if the asshole could have just waited till the last lap and done it, like it, it would have stayed green, or either the caution would have come out and been over. Yeah. Like, why did you have to do that the fucking lap before the last lap? Like, come on, asshole. Yeah, I, I had Chastain and Suarez in that race, and I, I feel like I kind of tuned out once they somehow like weren't winning with five laps to go. So, um. Yeah, can't can't really comment on the on the final few laps at, at the Coke 600. But let's move on to maybe some happier times, or, or just one more thing I kind of want to get to about the class. So Truex, a guy that came into this year again, maybe a bit of an afterthought in the GGR camp, comes in, dominates qualifying or dominates practice at least, qualifies well, and really was like Chris said, the fastest car for a lot of that class. I think. The class is one of those things where if a driver performs poorly, you can kind of just wash it off and be like, yeah, I don't really give a shit if Chris Ruel finishes 23rd in the clash. But for Truex's prospects going forward, like how high of a step up has he taken in the hierarchy for like the championship and within JGR uh, for you based on his performance? Because, I mean, like Chris said, I mean, this was a dominant car that they put out in the 19 team. And um, for once, you know, they, they didn't fuck themselves here in 2023. So maybe this is uh, 
maybe this is hopefully a sign of things going for for that camp. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I think I think it's a good sign. I mean, he mentioned beforehand coming into the race. Uh, I think I think Gluck actually mentioned this on on Derek's podcast this week. All things go uh, that Truex was was he was bad. He was pissed coming into the year. Like he felt like he was dog shit last year and wanted to prove everyone that he's still a guy, right? He's still the a guy and the guy for JGR. Um, it's also worth mentioning too. I listened to Denny's podcast earlier today. He's getting Kyle Busch's pit crew from last year, which was like a consistent top three pit crew all year long. Um, so I think Martin, like, I mean, it's, he had speed last year, right? It was just the luck, like the luck factor. Like he just kept, kept having bad things happen to him. So I wouldn't say that Martin was ever like out of championship talks. I just think that it's hard to, once you're, once it's the whole like one foot out the door conversation, like yeah, he kept mentioning retirement and flirting with retirement. And sometimes it's hard to like want to bet on a guy that's already got one foot out the door. Um, but I'd say I'm more interested now than I was three weeks ago. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously this week is going to be a little bit of a, it's a tough barometer to, to grab. Like you don't really have much. It's another week where you don't really have much of an idea about like the field strength after Daytona versus like, you know, some of the events we're about to go to and some of the short tracks, but um, yeah, definitely something to keep out, keep an eye on because Truex is a guy that for most of the year, I don't think many of us were really touting very highly uh, in terms of like outrights. And it was more of a surprise when he would find his way to the front more than anything else. So um, yeah, hopefully sign of things to come from Morton. And hopefully for that team, it starts right here at Daytona, uh, which is the first points-paying race, of course, of the 2023 season, the main event of this episode. And uh, one of, I mean, for me, my favorite personal, like, it's one of the probably the only races all year where, like, even if I didn't have any money on it, I would still, like, you know, set my clock and make sure I watched every kind of second of a Daytona. So for me, a lot of sentimental value, obviously, for all NASCAR fans, this is the, this is the main event. And I'm going to let Chris kind of first off kind of, give a bit of a track intro and a couple of the things that uh, he's excited for coming just generally into 2023. Yeah. So before I actually get to Daytona, I do want to introduce one other thing real quick. Um, so little project behind the scenes, uh, me and full take Phil, uh, friend of the pod. Um, we have are putting together a one and done contest. So you've heard us talk about one and done a lot on the golf side of things, um, but it's not something that is, is really all that popular in, in NASCAR. Um, but we have found a platform that supports this. Um, so we are, are putting together a little, little contest here for all the listeners. Um, if you're, a, if you, uh, are a golf listener and you happen to be tuned in this week's podcast, you're going to be very familiar with this format. Uh, it's, I'm kind of stealing the idea from first cut a little bit, um, where we pretty much have all the cappers in this contest. So it's, you know, the three guys in this call right here, it's, it's me, Ian, it's Rory, You've got full tank fill in there. You've got Derek Yoder in there for all things go and the Twitter spaces show. You've got uh, Seth, um, Seth from In Between Media is in there. Uh, we got Rodden and Cody from SGP. Um, obviously, Rory's Rory's counterpart. We got uh, Skybox in there. We've got Ryan Stevens from the DFS side of things. Um, who else am I forgetting? I think Chris, I think we got a confirmation from Chris, yeah, from Chris Worm. Chris Worm's going to be joining. So, Literally, I mean, those are all the big names, right, of, of this NASCAR capping community. Uh, but you guys, the fans, the listeners, get a chance to put an entry in against all of us. Um, so what's going to happen is every week – well, actually, let me back up for a second. Let me explain the premise of a one-and-done for those who maybe don't, don't know what that is. So a one-and-done is 
Um, you pick a driver, whoever you think is going to win the race or have a good finish. But once you pick that driver, you can't pick him again for the rest of the season. So we're going to have, we're going to split the season into two segments. We're going to have the regular season. So the first 26 races, and then we're going to have the playoffs, which is the last 10 races. So at some point in this season, you're going to be picking guys like Chris Buescher, Ricky Stenhouse, Justin Haley, those guys at the bottom that you probably wouldn't think you're going to pick, but you're going to have to, because you're going to have 26 drivers for the regular season. Um, how the points are awarded is, well, cut points, right? So if if your driver goes out and the guy you picks, maybe he finishes third, but maybe he won two stages, he picked up some good stage points, that gets credited to your total all throughout the year. Um, so we're going to have a regular season champion, and then once we get to playoffs, we're going to have 10 more races, right? Your pool resets, so you can now pick anybody all over again, but the caveat now is you got to pick two drivers per race. So for the whole playoffs, you're going to end up picking 20 drivers. Um, same deal, once you pick a guy, you can't pick him again. Um, so overall, it's going to be fun. Uh, how would the fans, how you guys get your vote in? I'm going to post, um, from the flag hunting Twitter account, I'm going to post a Google form every week. Um, uh, kind of similar if you've ever seen Logan Doherty's stuff out there, Logan puts out like a Google form for kind of how he thinks he wants people to guess like head to head matchup and stuff like that. I'm going to create something similar for this, where all the fans can put in who they want to vote for and whoever the majority vote comes in on, that's who the fans play. And so let's just say you guys pick a player or pick a driver and that driver wins the race that week. Well, there's going to be a prize coming your way. Uh, we're going to randomly select one of the email addresses that submitted a vote in the form um, and you'll have a prize coming your way. I think Phil is working on getting tool hangers on board to sponsor this. Um, I'm even offering up, hey, I live 20, 30 minutes from from official Lionel store. Maybe I can send a, some die cast out as some prizes um, we got some stuff coming. Yeah, we got, I think, uh, Mark, uh, Skybox mentioned some sea witch pepper potion being in the mix mix here. So a lot of fun stuff. Uh, a lot of reason to participate as we have some, you know, prizes coming, coming down. Bush there. lattes. Yeah. Bush lattes from Rory. Yeah. See all the yeah. prizes. Uh, <laughs> at one race, at, at one race, we'll get together and just shotgun a whole oh, case. Of so it's like an lattes. ultimate fan experience with Rory. That's actually, yeah. that's, that, that's a prize right there. <laughs> that's the oh, grand yeah. prize. That's, That's the least I can do. Race day with Lori. Holy shit. <laughs> got to sign a waiver for that. We got to get the Lori to drop a waiver. <laughs> yeah, we got we got we got to make sure which state we're going to too, you know. Thank <laughs> some you. state. So, some state. Them, yeah, some states may not allow me. Participate in locations only for the for I the think world. I'm good. I think I'm good on every state. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think we're past yeah. the special limitations on some of them. So, yeah, but yeah, um, more reason to be excited, right? Now we've got a, an ultimate fan experience with Rory in the mix. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the more engagement we can get with this, the better. Obviously, the more votes we can get for the fans' pick um, against us as capper, as the cappers. It's going to be fun to kind of follow all year long. We can kind of, you know, we can say who flag cutting's on and who's full tank fills on and who the lane coin boys are on from a one and done perspective. Um, so it'll be, it'll be fun to follow all year long, um, trash talk, all, all that mess. Um, so fun to look forward to. Um, you can hear more information about it. I think Full Tank Phil is going to do a little bit more of a – he's going to probably create a segment in his show to talk about it as well. So um, fun stuff, fun stuff for – fun stuff coming down the pipe. But this week, yeah, Daytona 500. So we are – you know, it's the phrase that everybody hates, right? But it's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. This is the big event. This is the, you know, Denny even talked about in his podcast today. Like, you know, it's it kind of sucks that our biggest event is our first race of the year. But at the same time, it generates a lot of excitement. We're at the Super Bowl. We're going to have a lot of people 
watching this week that won't watch every week. And that's just, that's just the way of the land. That's just how it is. Some people, more casual fans are going to tune in this week. Um, and welcome because I think we're in for a fun year. We had a really good year last year and, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. These super speedways are always, always fun to watch. And they're even more fun to watch when you have money on them. Um, so, um, yeah, so for, <laughs> do what? It goes both ways. <laughs> I think it's more fun to have money on it. <laughs> you're, you're, but, yeah, I would never, never not have money on anything. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> just this flavor. Yeah, I don't, I don't always gamble, but when I do, <laughs> <laughs> but when I, when I do, my car gets wiped out on lap four by uh, Kozlowski yeah. trying to shove him in the room. Or they, get, or they lose a wheel. That's always yeah. fun. Yeah, we had Justin Taylor last year at the 500. That, that went well. It's running on yeah. three wheels, like 30 laps in. Or you can go a little cardboard on the track. Hold things <laughs> up. All right, well, other than those two. <laughs> other than those, <laughs> it's mostly fun to have money on it. <laughs> um, so from a uh, – I didn't uh, mean to be such a Debbie Downer. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Um. So let's talk about a schedule standpoint. So from a schedule standpoint, we are looking at pretty much from the time you're listening to this tomorrow, every single night, you're going to see some sort of action. And uh, at, from Daytona International Speedway, we start with the cup qualifying uh, tomorrow night, or if you're in this case, probably Wednesday night. Um, for those who aren't familiar with the format of how Daytona works, this qualifying is basically just to set the front row. So first and second, are pretty much locked into their spots. They don't have to worry about anything when it comes to the duels. Um, the other guys are just participating for, well, they're trying to get first and second, but then you also set your placing for the duels. Thursday night, we're going to come to the duels, and these will determine the rest of the order. And for some people, it'll determine if they win, if they even make the race. So we're going to have a lot of, we have a lot of um, open entries this year, which is a lot of fun. There's going to be guys going home, which we haven't been able to say for a long time in NASCAR. So it's fun to be able to say, not everyone's guaranteed to make the race this week. Kind of somewhere the clash, right? Um, but yeah, we got Jimmy Johnson, uh, Austin Hill, Chandler Smith, um, definitely oh, Travis Pastrana, right? So some really fun names um, going to be in the mix in this duel to kind of pay attention to, see if they're going to make the big event. Um, so those duels will take place on Thursday night. One's at seven o'clock p.m. Eastern time. One's at eight forty-five. There's sixty laps apiece. Um, yeah, and they're typically a lot of fun. We typically always have odds on to bet on them. Um, so. Stay tuned. I don't know if we'll have like official plays for flag hunting, but it's fun to just throw some out there if you want to uh, bet on the duels. Um, and then obviously we come to um, which Roy, I don't even think I realized this because Denny talked about a lot in his podcast, but I guess we all of a sudden we have cut practice now. They added it in, I guess. Um, Friday night huh? and Saturday morning. I'm showing practice times. They already had that. They were complaining about having no practice coming in <clears throat> like before qualifying. Oh, you're right. And you're the right. duels. Yeah, they already had the after. But like he was saying, he was like, ain't nobody going to go out there. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he said, once you already see the duels, it's over with. What the fuck's the point of having it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it makes no sense. Whereas whereas Travis Pastrana is going to be going out and qualifying tomorrow night, and that's the first time he's going to be like even experiencing this car. So... Uh, so anyways, yeah, we got practice um, Friday and Saturday. We also have the truck series race Friday night, the Xfinity series race Saturday night, um, and ARCA, I guess, if you're an ARCA fan. You want to watch the ARCA race at 2 o'clock on Saturday. And then the day 10 of 500 at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, literally, like I said, literally every day, every night for the next week, 
or yeah. five, six days, we have some sort of event going on, um, which is obviously a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So then from a model standpoint, it's nothing crazy, right? I mean, we're just looking at driver rating, average finish uh, at Daytona, driver rating, average finish at super speedways in general. I'm looking at the average finish and average qualifying just from last year and the next gen era at these super speedways. I'm looking at the total speed at the similar tracks. So the, the super speedways, that's really it. I mean, at that point, like, I don't really know what else you want to look at. I mean, the model's pretty simple this week. Um, so that model, uh, we are looking at a top 10 of number one, uh, Chase Elliott, number two, Ryan Blaney, number three, Denny Hamlin, number four, Bubba Wallace, number five, Joey Logano, number six, Austin Sindrick, number seven, Alex Bowman, number eight, Martin Truex, number nine, Kyle Busch, and number 10, Kevin Harvick. So with that being said, I kick it back to you, Ian, and let's work our way through this odd board because as everyone knows, or if you don't know, it's your first time tuning in. Um, I, I don't play anything other than outrights this week. This is super speedways. This is, this is kind of what flag hunting likes to do. We flag hunt, right? We're going to, we're going to have some outrights for your play. Uh, that's why we have Rory here. Cause I think if Rory's going to play anything, uh, other than outrights, he can maybe offer us some, some prop ideas. I know he was looking at some prop bets right before we went live here. So, um, yeah, let's let's run it through and let's let's talk through some of these options. Yeah, and I know I was a uh, you know I was a <laughs> I was kind of poo pooing the whole um, you know the NASCAR betting thing with Rory earlier, but that was a bit of a bit. I, I think Daytona, even though I know a lot of people, again, maybe wouldn't advise putting a sizable portion of your bankroll in the random maelstrom that is the Daytona 500. But if you are, let's just say a golf better. I think this is probably the closest or the most compelling week of the year to potentially cash golf-like outright numbers in NASCAR. You know, you think of a, of a normal NASCAR week at a intermediate or a short track, right? You know, you, you kind of – we have sleepers that maybe, you know, we like at 50 to 1, like a priest or something like that. But the vast majority of NASCAR weeks, right, after practice and qualifying go through on Friday and Saturday, there's about half a dozen to, you know – maybe yeah, six to 10 cars that probably carry 80 to 90% of the win equity. Whereas here in Daytona, uh, like legitimately anything can and does happen. Uh, we saw um, not just, <clears throat> you know, a 25 to one in Cindric win last year, a 25 to one in Dillon, a 33 to one in Chastain. But, you know, if you're interested in a lot of exotic parlays, I know we had a, a really big hit in the NASCAR community in the uh, fall Daytona race with just, a crazy top 10 parlay with like all the back markers like Cody Ware and BJ McLeod and whatnot uh, that paid an obscene amount of money um, that I know Chris and Roy would be able to speak to a bit better. But yeah, from like, if you are interested in, and for me personally, the kind of the way I like to gamble is kind of all or nothing. I, I don't mind losing my buy-in if it means I have the potential to win big. Um, and this is exactly one of those weeks, like to, to Chris's point, you know, this is a week where, you know, if you can spread your money out at, you know, on five, six guys at greater than 25 to one. And you could have a pretty damn good chance of, of kind of have a guy there at the end. Whereas sometimes, um, you know, NASCAR is more of a, a quality game where you pick your two favorites from the very top of the board and you kind of let, let that ride as, as the two best cars. So um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's certainly a lot of randomness that kind of uh, Chris alluded to in his, his model, just not having a ton of metrics to really, latch on to you know there's not it's a lot of feel um base betting in in daytona there's again like it's kind of hard to 
to quantify a lot of again statistics when all these guys are basically just you know racing within half a second of each other from like you know row one to row 14 so um yeah excuse me it's it might not be everyone's cup of tea but for me personally it's just it's fun to just watch the rat race and watch just the chaos ensue and you hope you have a guy there at the end and um chris i'll give credit had had a phenomenal record um on the super speedways in 2022 uh we hit both the daytona races um cedric and dylan we hit chastain at 33 at Talladega. so uh eric jones almost got the job for us done countless times at taking daytona so um so yeah i would i would advise anyone that is just you know interested in betting nascar this is you know don't let maybe the the lack of predictability um dissuade you because this is a super fun week regardless um but yeah after that rant let's get into the actual odds board of the names we will uh, be searching through for the winner here at the Daytona 500. There is a threesome at the very top of favorites here. Um, it is Chase Elliott. It is Ryan Blaney. It's Denny Hamlin all at 12 to 1. They are kind of consensus favorites all throughout the board. I think 12 is probably the best number you'll find on any three of them this week. And then you kind of move into the second tier with a Logano, a Kyle Busch, and a Kyle Larson all at 14 to 1. Um, one thing that you will notice about this odds board, especially compared to most NASCAR boards, is it's very condensed. Um, I mean, pretty much half the field is between 12 and 28 to one. So that kind of gives you an idea of what books think in terms of um, the dichotomy between win equities on, you know, the best driver in the field versus the 20th best driver in the field. So when you guys are looking through these odds, I know typically we're more of long shot betters at super speedways, but when you kind of look at this 12 to 14 range from Elliott, Hamlin, Blaney, Logano, Kyle Busch, Carl Larson, um, who does stick out to you if you were to make a move in this range? And, you know, obviously have you made a move uh, to this point? Yeah, so I actually have, um, and I don't typically. Uh, honestly, like if if you're a longtime FHP listener, uh, it's it's very rarely that I, I that I do come to the top. I, I, I like the spray and pray of these deeper guys. Um, however, I feel like the books have finally caught on, right, to some of the guys that we like to bet because, you know, I, I was interested in, in Stenhouse and McDowell and – Almarola and Cendric when they were at like really deep numbers, right? We I think we bet I think we bet Stenhouse and Haley at every single one race last year at like fifty to one or yeah. or, or longer. Now they've caught on. We don't quite have them quite at that <coughs> price. So, um, you know, Bubba's at sixteen, um, Brad's at eighteen. I mean, just there's a lot of numbers that I feel like are just not the value that we typically get. Um, so for that reason, I actually do have a bet at the top this week. Um, I am going with Ryan Blaney. Um, now, with that being said, like these top three, like they were top three in my model. You just heard it. They're the top three, probably elite of the elite. Actually, I'd probably put Logano in there too, of, of super speedway racers in the Cup Series. Um, you know, the unpredictability of it, say what you want. These four guys are pretty much namestays in the and in, in towards the front of any super speedway race. Um, you can pretty much count on any of these guys. So for for anyone out there, like just because I'm and flag hunting is on Ryan Blaney does not mean that you have to be because any of these names up top I think are a good place to start your card if you if you certainly want to. I can't make a case against them. Um, I don't know if Rory can either. Um, I think they're well, actually I think he can for one of them because we talked beforehand, but um I personally, I had a tough time differentiating. Like once I decided like, all right, I'm probably going to go to the top just for one play. And then the rest are all going to be longer shots. I had a tough time figuring out which way I wanted to go, but Ryan Blaney is where I am choosing to go. And yes, this is our Morikawa of NASCAR. We lost more money on Ryan Blaney last year than any other driver 
but I do feel better about his prospects this year. Um, I do feel like he is, um, I feel like he's like a win away from really reeling off a, a lot of wins. Um, and, and, and it'd be nice to get this monkey off his back right from the, right from the get go. Um, it's no secret. He is an elite performer at super speedway. Um, although chase won two super speedways last year, Ryan Blaney, uh, was tied with him in average finish at super speedways in the next gen era. Um, so they're both right there, uh, tied for the first, um, they uh, Ryan Blaney ranks third in average finish over the last six races, Daytona 10th over his full career, um, he also is eighth in qualifying. So, you know, he's going to um, start towards the front as well, which is kind of where he likes to hang. He's not one of those guys that likes to run towards the back and, and be cautious. You're going to see Ryan Blaney pretty much up front for, for most of the day. Um, now, I, I this is one thing that I think is probably a little more subjective, but um, listening to Denny's podcast earlier today, he made a comment about Ford having an aerodynamic advantage due to drag. And he thinks that Ford is going to be the the picks for qualifying. Uh, he thinks they're going to have the advantage for when it comes to speed. So I'll get to some qualifying bets in a little bit. Um, but that was honestly my tiebreaker, if I'm being completely honest, for who I was going to go with at the top. I already kind of had a lean um, for for Ryan over Chase, but um, hearing that, I was kind of I was completely on board. Um, not to mention that Ford typically always runs better um, at these super speedways than any other team. Ford just seems to always be able to stay together. Um, you know, their crew chiefs are, are constantly communicating on, on who's staying, who's staying with who and who's going to move out of the way and, uh, and create the, create the lines and all that. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm starting. I'm choosing to start at the top with Ryan Blaney, honestly. And, and you're not going to hear a few names for a little bit because we're going to have to get a little deeper to fill out the rest of our card. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear Rory's kind of case on these, on these top four guys here. Um, <clears throat> Kind of feel like I like, I like Chase the best out, yeah. Out of all of them, I mean, I don't know. I I don't. I really don't know what Denny. I feel like Denny's talking about they're gonna have an advantage on like sucking up. Maybe might be a little bit better bump drafting. I don't know that. That's the way that I take it. Is the way he was talking about how this package is done and whatnot. It's it's just basically to slow them down and bunch them the hell all up. And you, you gotta be able to be able to suck up. Maybe it helps being able to suck up better and pulling out, making passes individually. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess we're gonna find out here. It, right. it does suck <laughs> that we, you know, that we don't have any practice or whatever to go by heading into anything that we're gambling on. As far as it would be nice to just see what kind of advantage he's talking about. So, I mean, I can get down with some Ford, Ford drivers though. I just, I feel like I may go Ford, might go that route in the one fifties <clears throat> possibly. Yeah. Cause they, cool. they've won a lot of one fifties mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, Butcher and Brad between, last year too. So yeah, Logano, he's won some in the past. I think has Blaney won a new duels. Uh, I think you won a road course. I feel like you won one when it was on the road course, but that doesn't pertain to the actual Super Bowl <laughs> we're gonna see this week. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I just if I was gonna take anybody up up this high on the board, it. I kind of like. I always. I used to take Joey Logano a lot, and he just here yeah. lately. 
is there, but then it's always some kind of damn heartbreak right there at the end. And I, I don't know. It, it's so hard to take somebody in that, in that range. I feel like at restrictor plates now, it's not like they used to be when we're talking about like Dale jr. Or somebody like that. That's just a yeah. dominant dude on, on the plate plate tracks. I mean, now you, it feels like you got more and more of them and it, it just, it begins to get where it's like more and more every year that can win on these tracks that don't have an advantage anymore. I mean, you can't block anymore. They've taken that basically out of it because of the runs that it seems like they're getting and sucking up and whatnot. Like you just, you can't get out there and block. You're going to get wrecked. Like, Mm -hmm. so I don't, I kind of like that at the plate tracks. I feel like that's a weapon for some drivers that they should be able to take advantage of that isn't there anymore. I mean, you talk about like actual guys that can get out at the end of a plate race and actually win them and stay out front the whole time. Those those used to be my favorite type of drivers to take. And I just don't feel like you have that anymore. And I mean, like you start going down the leaderboard, you know, a little bit more on the outrights. And I'm not taking Kyle Larson at 14. Now, William Byron, I like me some William Willie B this week. Um, I'm leaning towards – I have not taken him or Kyle Bush, but I'm leaning towards one of those two is probably going to be my play up top coming in. And I just – I haven't fired yet. I don't know. I don't know when I may, and I feel like I need need to play Brad Keselowski down there at eighteen to one, and then you can probably get him at even money for who's going to cause the big one. And you can hedge your hedge your bet over there, yeah, hedge your bet over there, roll with him. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, it's going to be fun tomorrow night qualifying eight o'clock. Um, while we're doing the show, I'm, I got bets oh, rolling. That's, that's right. And, uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's worth tuning into just just for that a little laying point <clears throat> live sweat on air. I want to hear. No, it. Twitter's t- well, Twitter space, right? Oh, it's probably... Twitter spaces. My bad. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Yeah. So tune into Derek's Twitter spaces. I I kind of lost track. Rory's everywhere these days, so it's, <laughs> uh, it's got a, he's got he's getting pulled in many directions. It's hard to kind of keep track of where he's at that night, but uh, yeah, a little live sweat. Try to. Try to watch uh, Mark and Rory tilt their qualifying bets while Derek's trying to keep them in line. That's going to be <laughs> must must see TV. Um, so I will I will say because it does seem like for y'all there is a bit of a haves and have nots here from twelve to fourteen. It feels like y'all are pretty much aligned on Elliot Blaney, uh, Kyle Logano. It seems like we're a little bit out comparative to value comparative to like Reigns <clears throat> are in on Hamlin and Larson. Is this a track where you would? And I'll consider, you know, like if you can get like a Blaney over Hamlin at minus one ten, would you do that, or is it just too much risk to uh, to tolerate, you know, land use? And not, I wouldn't do that one. I would. There's okay. other guys I'm looking at. I mean, I'm well. Full disclosure, I'm probably not going to have any head to heads. But if I was going to do head to heads, there's more guys that I'm willing to fade, like like a Larson. Like I think Larson's price at fourteen to one is, is ridiculous. I think that's that's the biggest fade on the board for me. Sorry, Rory. I know bad timing to have him on the pod and fade Larson. But <laughs> when it comes to super speedways, man, he just doesn't have it. Um, 
you know, like I think a guy like, you know, as much as I love Chase Briscoe, you know, a guy like him, um, there's, there's guys that like have high DNF rates at, at super speedways that are more your fade options, you know, a Stenhouse, like a Stenhouse, he's always going to have speed, but I mean, he's got an average finish of 27th last year at super speedways. He just couldn't seem to get to the finish line. So, um, and honestly, Larson's not far behind him. Larson had an average finish of 22nd last year. So, um, yeah, there's there, when, if you're looking at head to heads, I think for me, it's, you're going to look at the guys that who can make it to the finish line versus who can't. Um, yeah. It, and if, you, sorry, if you've, uh, if you, if you have abided by that rule and faded Larson as who is the last three years, you've had two of the most stress-free casts of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in those, in that three-year period, you had Dega 2020 spring, and then you had last fall at Daytona where he was just completely out of the race within like, it felt like two laps. He was pretty much done. So um yeah not a not a bad call there by any means i do want to uh, stop at kyle bush real quick though because um even though he has listed a 14 to 1 um i'm not in at that price or we're not in at that price um we did on we did secure a, fu- a future back in december um i did put it into the i did go back and double check i put it in the action network app in december when i took it so um it has been out there um, so, but I'm interested. I'm glad to hear Rory say that he's still in him at 14 because I've been struggling to decide like would I still be in at 14, and I don't. I don't. I can't say that I. I would be. I think that I. I do prefer like a Brad at 18 to start my card at. Um, if I wasn't going on Blaney and, and didn't have the future on Bush, um, but yeah, I think the Byron Brad range is a good place to start if I didn't have it. But we do have the 25 to one future on Kyle. So let me talk about Kyle for a second. Um, yeah, this is a bet that I feel like uh, similar to Kyle Busch. I, well, I guess, honestly, similar to Kyle Busch at the Clash. Like, if this bet cashes, I think a lot of Twitter is going to cash. This is a lot of a feature that a lot of – you probably saw a lot of cappers uh, place early. Um, and you can see it now as this price – I think it opened to, like, 30 to 1. Um, and it made its way down to 14 now. Um, so you're probably thinking, like, why Kyle Busch, right? He's 0 for 18 in Daytona 500. He's coming off a disappointing year. For me, it's it's all the same things that we've been talking about, right? He's coming into the year, new team, new car, refreshed mind, like kind of wanting to prove some doubters wrong. And also, like, let's not forget this eight team um, had a lot of success last year, so they're still they're still waning off of off of a really good year. And we now have an RCR engine under the hood, um, which is is saying something. I think these RCR RCR engines are really well, really Chevy in general. These Chevy engines are always really good at at these super speedways, especially in a qualifying sense too, which um, spoiler alert, I also am on Rowdy for the pull bet, uh, especially if you're in for the whole like storyline effect, right? Talk about a storyline, right? Kyle Busch leaves JGR, goes over to R- uh, RCR and then wins the pole for the Daytona 500. That storyline is going to grab people's attention. Um, so you can actually still get Kyle at, at 16 to one for the pole. Um, so I'm actually in on that for tomorrow night or, or tonight. If you're listening to this, I guess, as you're listening to this, um, but yeah, I, I think the most surprising stat to me um, when I was kind of looking at these numbers for Kyle Busch, second in drive, or drive rating of second at Daytona in the last six races here. Um, so for a guy that you doesn't really don't really feel like he's kind of in the mix at Daytona, he's he's driving better than you think. He's, he's always kind of keeping in the mix. He doesn't have a lot of DNFs. He's kind of hanging out, um, just kind of waiting to strike. So um, yeah, Kyle Busch at 25 to 1 is the next bet on the card. Um, Rory, you said you were thinking about him at 14. Um any, any differing thoughts there on why you're considering them? Oh, I can still get them at 16. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably, I'm probably just going to wait, wait until the race is live. I mean, it's so many different 
good drivers. I kind of want to see where they're positioned and see how pit stops are going and and how what teams are working the best getting on and off pit road with the best strategy. You know, that yeah. that's what I'd like to see before I actually make a bet at somebody up top. Um, it's just – I don't know. I, I like some of the little middle-tier guys a little bit better where I can – sit there and kind of just play around and throw $10 on, on 25 to one and ups and just have fun with it. You know, if you start the season out with a little hit, then cool. Hopefully I hit one of the bigger ones that I have. And that's kind of probably where I'll end up. I'll probably take some people I'm sure before qualifying tomorrow, like finally just going to, buckle down look at it and be like all right i'm just gonna take this guy this guy this guy and and roll with that well i now have a new goal for tonight is i want to get you on board with one of these bets before we leave tonight because i got some 25 and 50 to ones coming up so let's get rory on board here with, with some something fun all right yeah so we get we got through kind of 14 we talked about byron keselowski at 16 and 18 do we have any interest at all? I know both of y'all have been. Bubba Truth is on Super Speedways. He's 16 to 1 where I'm looking. Uh, Bubba Wall, 16 to 1. Ross Chastain, 16 to 1. Kind of uh, finishes off the sub 20 range. And then we'll get into the, like where we said, the fun mm-hmm. range here when it starts at 25. But I know we like Byron. We like Kozlowski. Some thoughts about those two. Uh, but then Bubba Chastain, maybe um, some guys. I mean, Chastain won the Super Speedway last year. Uh, Bubba Wallace. 16 to one when, you know, we've, I know I personally bet him at 12 to one at some of these races. I know, I know Roy was big on him last fall at Daytona. So has kind of the, the lack of reason for him from Bubba Wallace on these type of tracks turned you off or is the, is the number just a little bit uh, too rich? Oh, I would rather have him a little higher. I mean, yeah. and I guess that's, that's really my problem with a lot of these guys in the teens right here. Uh, I don't feel. I feel like we're seeing prices that we would have seen in the old car, and I I think this car is totally different. It, when, even when it comes to super speedways, it it's just different. The racing's different, and I just feel like we're not getting enough value out of out of it. Honestly, I mean, I think they could start off and just give us a damn favorite and work their way up, and instead yeah. of just all right, let's just throw three of them out here at the same number and then, yep. you know, just following suit, basically. I mean, how it takes you – we're talking about one, two, three, four, three. Like, the first ten drivers or whatever on the odds board are less than 20. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like you got just as good of a shot with some of these other guys down here versus at the top. I, I definitely – I think it's worth – worth taking on them instead of putting a bunch of money on on one and yep. and hoping that it cashes it sucks like you got yep. a lot of money on on the driver in the 500 and you lose on them and you got michael mcdowell at 100 and whatever the hell he was winning <laughs> right and i i think um yeah for me this reminds me a lot of like a golf futures board before the prices get readjusted, like how the masters board looks right now. If you're looking at master futures, like they just kind of depressed everybody's price and there's no true values on the board right now. Um, to Chris's point. I mean, we, we talked about kind of the FHP greatest hits of like Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse, Michael McDowell, 
Almirola, the guys we like to bet at 35, 40 to one. And they're all again, priced here in the mid 20. So I think that is another uh, strike in favor of potential live betting, like Rory's talked about. And I know Chris might have some thoughts to say about this, but I think this is probably the clearest opportunity you're going to have all year to perhaps live bet on NASCAR because it's a race that's, it doesn't really fucking matter how you run the first 450 miles. Like as long as you survive, you kind of have a chance. So, um, and I've, we saw a really extreme example with Austin Dillon in the, in the fall, but, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it just, it happens time and time again, where you could dominate a lot of this race and it kind of, you, you end the night with nothing to show for when, uh, you know, one guy gets too aggressive late and all of a sudden you're, you're in the record with everybody else. So I think, especially you know if you are a little bit indecisive in the mid to late 20s if you if you don't really want to make too many decisions early on the week i think it's a pretty solid um unless you think a guy's going to qualify super well and run up front consistently um if you you know if you just want to kind of take your collection of four or five guys that are running 19th all, all night long and just hope they can survive um through until the last 10 laps when anything can happen so i know that's something that chris has been endorsing i know that's something that roy's already mentioned so I kind of thought I'd give my thoughts on that, but let's get into the 25 to one range, which that's fucking massive. So uh, yeah. plenty of names to talk about here from 25 to 28. I count uh, 10 guys in that three point stretch, starting with Alex Bowman, Austin Sendrick, Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell, Eric Jones, Kevin Harvick, Michael McDowell, and Tyler Reddick, all priced at 25 to one. So to Rory's point, that's pretty fucking ridiculous. They should be, given some kind of price break on one of those guys, but uh, that is eight guys uh, as I count them at 25 to one. And then you also have Chase Briscoe, Chris Buescher, and Mark and Truex at 28 to one. So basically again, a collection of 11 guys that all are about the same price. Uh, I know it's kind of tough to go over that many names, but if you guys could pick maybe one or two favorites or one or two guys that you are absolutely uh, hands off of between Bowman at 25 and Truex at 28. Yes. I think, um, my favorites at these current prices, um, yeah, I think I had a hard time today deciding between Alex Bowman, Austin Cindric, and Chase Briscoe. Those are kind of my three guys that I think were my main consideration for this, like the bet in this range. Um, my fade in this range is Christopher Bell times 10. Um, Christopher Bell is just, I don't know, he's similar to Larson. Like he just, he seems to have bad luck in these super speedway races. Like I don't, I don't know what it is between those those dirt racers, man. They don't like these super speedways, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I guess uh, I'm really, really sweating our head to head. Yeah, this this is a good chance for me to go up one zero. Yeah, this is a this is a big hurdle for me to fall through if I can fade the uh, <laughs> the Elliott uh, Logano win here because apparently Bell and fucking uh, Kyle have no shot. Uh, but my my the guy that ended up landing on here, um, I'm actually going with Alex Bowman, which I think might shock some people. But honestly, one of the determinants for this of why I'm going this direction is is the qualifying factor, right? Because if anybody has a legit shot to be on the front row, it's Hendrick. Okay, to the point where I'm going to quote Derek again. I'm pretty sure Derek quoted this on All Things Go today or yesterday. We have seen a Hendrick Chevy on the front row every year since 2013. And Bowen was one of those guys on the front row last year. So this 25 to one number after tomorrow night may not be there anymore. 
So that's the sole reason why I'm I'm choosing to land here is because I really just don't think this number is going to be here 24 hours from now. Um, so that's really my, my first factor. My second factor is honestly, Bowman's one of those guys who knows how to f- get through and survive the carnage. Like you mentioned, that's the guys you kind of want to look for. Um, over, I actually went back and looked at his uh, full career here. Um, I pulled together everyone's DNF percentages over their full career at Super Speedways. Bowman's sitting at a 7% clip, one DNF in 13 races at Daytona. And that's far better than just about anybody in the field. Um, I think just, just off the cuff here, the guy that I'm seeing with the second best percentage is actually Dinger. Dinger's only got two DNFs in 19, in 19 starts. So you pair that, you got the qualifying factor. You've got the fact that he can make it through these races. Um, he, he was fourth in total speed last year at these super speedways. And then the last factor for me, going to go more of a little bit of a subjective route here. His crew chief, right? We're bringing in Blake Harris from Michael McDowell's team, Daytona 500 champion, 200 year, two years ago. Blake Harris is going to be should be a big improvement to that 48 team. Um, I, I really like Bowman's prospects for this race. I really do. I feel I feel really good about this bet, and um, I also am jumping on. I think uh, Rory as well. I saw his text this morning. He's going for qualifying as well. We caught a qualifying number on him um, at uh, 16 to one. Um, we, we kind of glossed over it with Byron too, but you can get Byron at 20 to one at some books still for qualifying. So yeah, three of the qualifying bets I've already laid out are Chevy's, um, 16, 20 and 20 with Bush, Bowen and, and Byron. Actually all four of them, I guess are the B's here. I got the four B's. Um, I'm going with Briscoe too, just to, to get a Ford in the mix, um, for qualifying, not for outright, um, for qualifying. Um, so yeah, I'm throwing a lot at you here, but, um, Four qualifying bets in, and then three outrights from the top here. So, uh, Rory, what about you in this range? Anything? Oh, and then I think Ian has a question. Yeah, go ahead, Rory. I think you're on mute, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I got I got old Willie B and and Bowman to win the poll at those odds. I'm actually I think I'm thinking about going back and hitting Byron like even harder, like. I might put a hundred on on him. That sounds good. They got him over at Barstool at nine hundred. Yeah, he's yeah, the move that. to the favorite. He's the move to the favorite over there. And Bowman's like eleven to one, I think, over there as well. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna go put go put a little more. I think it's one of those opportunities you get to fuck the book up. I think it's very mispriced. I don't agree with that at all. Agreed. What about from an outright perspective? Any of these 25, 28 numbers strike you? Or are you um, still looking to go I, deeper? I like – I don't mind Bowman. I don't mind Dylan, um, Harvick, Jones. I mean, any of these guys in this range, I mean, outside of – I don't really trust Chase Briscoe. Like, he, he could be there and he could get caught up in some shit. Like, I – Busher about the same way. He's going to be aggressive and aggressive leads to accidents. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with any of these guys down here. I mean, even if you wanted to take Recky Spinhouse, I mean, he's, he, he's going to be the lead at some point. He will be. Yeah, he is. He is going to make you fucking hate that you took him <laughs> before it's all said and done. With. But he'll give you one hell of a ride. Yeah, <laughs> he'll, give you, he'll give you one lap of leading, and then he'll be uh, he'll be spun out of the infield in thirty seconds after you cross the start finish line. Yeah, I don't That's know what happened. You know, I just don't. 
I just don't know what happened. I do. You fucking ran out of talent. That's why they give you thirty to one, buddy. That's why. That's why they give you thirty to one. <laughs> it should be deeper, though. That's the thing. They're like, I I don't like the thirty. Hey, I think it should be no, forty. It really should be deeper. I feel like, but I also feel like they got Daniel Suarez and <clears throat> I mean Truex at twenty eight. Eh, I I would have rather had the thirty three on him. Get him up in the thirties, maybe. Just. I don't know. I hate fucking capping this race. I really, I'm, I'm like so, I'm so excited for it because, like, I know I'm gonna have out, like, I'm gonna have pole bets on Wednesday. I'm gonna have damn dual bets on Thursday. I'm gonna have fucking truck bets on Friday, Xfinity Saturday, and then Cup. Like, I'm gonna have probably something on every damn race, and like, if it all works out, it could end up being a nice weekend. And if it doesn't work out, it's still like Ian said, like it's one of the races that I actually I enjoy watching plate races and the excitement, the shit show wrecks and yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, <clears throat> I think it adds adds the intensity to it, but I'm still hoping to hit some fucking bets this week. And I'm being very cautious on who I'm putting my damn money on. Like Yeah. I know I'm gonna get live betting opportunities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. on some of these guys, and and I think you know. Let's say you got somebody that loses a lap early on, and you have a pretty good feeling. Well, they'll probably get it back between cautions, this and that. They have a good car. Well, just pay attention to his numbers, see what you can grab it at, yeah. and and you might get a steal on somebody that you know. You quite couldn't get there with them, but now you now you're willing to take a chance on. Because right. I mean, they got a, you got a chance at a restrictor plate. Long as I mean, inside of really fuck what thirty laps to go, probably yeah. if you're sitting there in the lucky dog and a caution comes out and you get your lap back, like you got plenty of time to get to the front. Oh yeah, cautions breed cautions, especially at these type of tracks. So yeah, I mean, if you restart well and get yourself with the right lines, and all of a sudden. You never know what's going to damn happen. But I think that is a good point. And, and I guess one more point on the live betting thing is, like, the reason I think we're bringing it up so much is that books are so hesitant to move odds. And so, like, you can find, like, 25, 30 to 1 on guys that, I mean, even though they might not have proven themselves as being able to drive to the front, their win equity will have grown tremendously just by being still in the race with 50 to go, right? So – because there's, you know, inevitably going to be 10 to 15, maybe 20 cars that are just out of commission, you know, at the latter stages of this race. If you've got a guy that's sitting 14th, he's got a damn good chance. And if you can catch him at similar odds as, you know, what you could have pre-race, uh, that takes away a lot of the variables of, um, you know, of what we're talking through now and why it's so hard to, to really make concrete stances here on this odds board. So the one thing I did want to get to in terms of, because I, I heard that interesting stat you had on Bowman about his like 7% or one out of 13 DNF rate. Um, so I know we don't like doing the whole like roundabout even money kind of props or anything like that. But if you do consider that kind of stat predictive, you can get guys like Alex Bowman top 10 finish at plus 195. That's almost two to one near money on a top 10 finish where, you know, if you've got a pulse in this race, you've got a damn good chance of making it to the top 10. So, I would like to hear maybe your, um, if you do have it accessible, if you have um, like the guys that have been historically most likely to make it through the race and then maybe 
that could be a way for people to get exposure that don't necessarily want to go just strictly long shots at 25, 30 to one. Yeah. I mean, I can just read you off some other names yeah. from this DNF list here. Um, if you want to look at just super speedways, mm-hmm. um, hang on a second. Let me try to sort this so I can get it in order. Sorry. I was not prepared for this. No, I, I know. Um, <laughs> I just thought Alex Bowman plus 195 was quite interesting, you know, because like, like I said, how many lead lap cars do we expect they're going to be at the end of this race? Like 20, you know, maybe 20, probably. I don't know what the smart money would on, but I would say yeah, somewhere in like the 18 to 23 range. And, you know, I mean, if we anticipate Bowman having any kind of speed, you would think he'd be able to outrun half the remaining field, um, you know, 33% of the time. So I think, you know, I know, yeah, this is a show about long shot winners, but I just kind of saw the Bowman plus 195 for top 10. And I thought that might have been a, a decent angle of you if you do, you know, have a history of guys that are able to consistently find themselves at the end of this race. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I would tell you how I want to phrase this. I wouldn't say it's predictive, right? Because I don't think anything in super speedway is, is honestly pers- is like 100% predictive. It's not something that I'm going to like, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, here, I'm going to take the top five smallest DNF percentages and bet those guys. It was more of like, that was kind of like a tiebreaker effect for me. Like, yeah, who's who's able to survive? So um, the guys that do are able to survive just at Daytona alone. Alex Bowman sits at the top at an eight percent clip of DNFs. Um, I already mentioned Dinger is second, Hamlin's third, which no surprise there, right? Um, only f- he's only got five DNFs and thirty four tries. Um, Austin Dillon, Bubba Wallace, Justin Haley, like these are all the names, right? That you would kind of expect. I think those are kind of the names that are going to be the guys that are hanging up hanging towards the front or make it to the end of the race. Um, One that did kind of shock me that was being up here is actually Truex. Truex um, rates pretty highly at making it to the end of the race and not, not finding trouble. Um, So, I mean, take that for what you will. I mean, some of those names are guys that you probably expect to see, right? Because there's, there's a lot of the guys towards the top of the top, top of the odds board. Um, But you're not going to see any like deep clips. I'd say the deepest clip, the one that actually surprises me the most is Cody Ware. Cody Ware sits at a 20% clip. He's only got one DNF and five tries. So interesting. Um, interesting. So, so a bit of a small sample, but he is 11 to one to finish top 10. So take that maybe for what's worth. Um, and then the other five names that I kind of, I kind of um, just quickly clicked on as you, cause a lot of them are favorites like Hamlin um, was obviously a favorite. He's minus money. I don't want to really deal with juice at a super speedway, but Bowman, Dylan, Truex, Haley, Stewart, Senhouse all sitting on two to one. Uh, to finish top 10. If you hit two of those five bets, you were up money for, for kind of the set. So again, it's just uh, something to think about. Uh, I know that our money is kind of tied up in, you know, flag hunting, but for those of y'all that maybe want to be a bit cautious, want to not uh, take on as, as much risk, then maybe a, a strategy to think about uh, or to monitor uh, over the course of the week. So again, that's just, uh, yeah, that's just what I thought about when I heard the, uh, the Bowman stat, but let's move on into I guess what we consider the long shots past 30 to one uh, as we kind of get past that huge clump of guys at 25 to 28, but we don't move very far. Stenhouse is at 30 to one. Almirola is 33 to one. Jimmy Johnson, uh, 33 to one. Um, yeah. 33 to one for the five. I should know this six time champ, seven times, seven times, seven, seven times. I, I wanted to say seven. All right. So yeah, Stenhouse, Almirola, Jimmy, Ryan priest, 33, Ty Gibbs, 33, Almond Digger 40, Suarez, Haley, Gregson, all 40 to one as well. 
I'll leave it up to your own accord if you want to go deeper that. I know Rory is all in on Corey LaJoy, so I'm very interested to hear that case there. But uh, from Stenhouse to Haley Gragson at 40, um, is there yeah is is there enough value in this range to to take the shot pre pre race or is this again more of the guys of kind of a wait and see uh, threshold like the guys in the twenties? I personally hate this range. <laughs> I hate the thirties and forties. I go down to fifties. I've got three guys, three guys in the fifties. Um, one guy you can't find at fifty anymore. Two you still can find it out there. Um, so the one guy you can't find is Eric Jones. This is another one that I placed at the same time as Kyle Busch. I played this places back in December. He's at 25 to one now. And to be completely honest with you, I, I don't hate 25. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I obviously love 50. Um, so uh, I'll talk about Eric Jones for just for a second, just because, um, you know, I feel like he's a guy that is kind of a staple on the FHB car when it comes to super speedways. Um, but yeah, it's, if you're looking at uh, just his average finishes last year in this next gen era, he was sixth in average finishes super speedways last year, um, eighth in total speed. Um, he gave us a real sweat last year at Talladega. Um, he was leading coming out of that final corner. And when everything kind of spread out coming across that front stretch, he just kind of caught, you know, lost, lost the draft behind him. And that's where Ch- Chastain stole it. And luckily we had him on the card. Uh, but um, yeah, Eric Jones is just a guy who I would say, I will say Eric Jones is better at Dega than he is Daytona. Um, but um, if, if you guys were able to snag this number with us back in December, um, I think the 50 to one is, is a glaring misprice. And I do love Jones in that number, but the other two guys that I have at this price are Justin Haley and Noah Gregson. Um, Justin Haley, another staple on the FHP card when it comes to super speedways. Uh, he's, he's shown it at every level, right? I mean, Xfinity cup, he has, he has victories at super speedways. I know one's right and shortened in the cup, but um, Hey, he was, he was up there. And that fall race before, or the summer race before all that rain came in, um, he was he was lingering up there in that three, four, fifth position, um, coming towards the end of the race. There, I, I there's some guys that, like that are in this like thirty to forty range that I, I just don't understand. And I would never really be willing to bet. Whereas like Haley's sitting at fifty, and like I'm going to bet that every day of the week when it comes to super speedways. Like this is just kind of like this is his forte, um, and his best chance to to nab a victory and get himself into playoffs. I'm pretty high on Justin Haley's prospects this year as a whole anyways. Um, so it'd be nice for him to come out and get a victory off the draft the jump. He's got an average finish um, that ranks 10th of all drivers over the last three years here at Daytona. Um, he's got an average finish of third over his career here. And then uh, just last year, he ranked 14th in average finish in this next gen car. Um, so yeah, Justin Haley, hundred percent on the card. And then Noah Gregson's the last one. He was the last ad. Um, 50 to 1, I feel like is a, a crazy number for, again, another guy in the Chevy camp. He's going to be right alongside Eric Jones and Jimmy Johnson, right? That's two guys that, that you can certainly learn a lot from in this in this style of racing. But Eric, uh, Noah's no slouch when it comes to Super Speedways in his own right. He's got a win at Daytona and Talladega in the Xfinity Series. Um yeah, I think I think this is just this is just a number that doesn't really make a lot of sense, and I think even after tomorrow, you might not be able to find again. Um, yeah. So, um, he, uh, also, you know, he's a rookie on the you know, on the NASCAR Cup Series circuit, but he does have experience at Daytona before. He's he's run at least what three or four races at Beer Motorsports, and yeah, uh, I know for last year's Daytona 500, before he got caught in that late wreck, he was running well inside the top 10 for a lot of that race. So yeah. And that's, that's, that's actually exactly what my last bullet point says is like this, this kind of feels very Cindric like from last year. Right. The reason I was on Cindric last year for the Daytona 500, we hit that was because 
I was like, hey, this is a guy that like he's run a few races in in other cars. Like as he was running Xfinity, he he was able to get some experience with a style of racing. So even though he's a rookie, he's got experience in this style of racing. He's got experience in this next gen car. Um, and it's not like he came in and, and didn't compete. Like he looks good in these super speed races that he came in. So um, yeah, this is this is kind of like my callback to last year of like this is kind of like my field pick of like, hey, we were able to nab like what's the chances of a rookie actually winning this two years in a row? Probably pretty unlikely. But at fifty to one, I'm willing to take that chance because of any of these other guys this deep other than who Roy's about to talk about and Corey. Um, I, I think Noah is a guy that I fully back at 50 to one. Yeah. Also rates very, very highly in the strokes game paint scheme metrics. I'm looking at that one is car. Uh, yeah. That's worth the 50 to one price alone. Just getting to look at that for the, for the full three hours. But Rory, I think that's the end of Chris's card as it stands now. So we're going to, we're going to let you dumpster dive a little bit. We know you're big on Corey. So the open mic is yours for, uh, for that 17, but, if you want to talk about anybody from 30 to one and deeper, um, man, feel free. I know, I know we were talking about a little, a little bit of Austin Hill action before we realized he wasn't actually going to be driving for RCR uh, this race. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, open mic brother, give us a, give us your spiel on the seven and the rest of this kind of back half of the board. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like with LaJoy at a hundred to one, I, I feel like that's way out outpriced i mean now when you start moving into the, like the 60s and you know he's sitting at 50 at some places and eh, i'm not going for that i'm gonna take him live in the race because he's probably gonna grow in yep. the race unless he just gets up there and dominates like he did in atlanta running up front you know yeah. i don't think he's gonna be doing all that i i can see him being a late bloomer in this race and you should be able to find them at a live number that's good. Yeah, I remember it, so, took, it took him like until like five laps to go for them to really like shrink his price down uh, to like a, a usually what you would usually see for a guy that's like running second with five to go. Like he was, right. he was like 16 to 20 to one for a long time that he was running the front row. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. Like I said, I'm more so just having fun with it, not trying yeah. to spread, but so much money out on, on something that I don't feel like, I feel like anything can happen. That's why I kind of like qualifying yeah, as much as I do. If I'm going off of previous years, if I take all 400 drivers, then I'm going to hit one of them. Like, <laughs> I, true. I, but I'm just hoping that um, it's not like one of those year changes, you know, where I'm off. But I have to go with what what the hell I know. And yeah. me not seeing them out there on the track. I mean, just because Denny's out here making a comment about the – he thinks the nose is going to give somebody an advantage. Well, I mean, if you didn't notice, drivers complain about other manufacturers having an advantage all the time. So NASCAR hopefully change something or – you know, lean lean back or be more lenient on the other side or or whatever. It's always happened like that through the years. So you can kind of take that a little bit, you know, for what what you want want with it because I think the Chevrolets are going to be fucking fast down here. I I hope so. I don't know. I, yeah. I just feel like this is. I feel like this is a week that Hendrick wants to show up, get the pole, win the race, win the 150s, like just dominate speed weeks. I oh. think I think 
I think they want to come down here and not just qualify good. Like, they want to actually race well. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and I don't disagree. I mean, it's not like I – I didn't bet all Fords, right? I've still got five Chevys on the card. <laughs> um, I think I just wanted to place a little stock just in case Denny's right, right? I took one qualifying bet on a Ford just in case. A little – just to hedge a little bit, but I'm right there with you with, you know, I got two Hendrick guys um, and one RCR guy from a, from a qualifying standpoint. All right. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know. I kind of like, Oh, uh, some reason Kevin Harvick keeps ringing a bell for pole pole position. That'd, that'd be they a storyline. Yeah. They have him at 22 to one over at Barstool for pole. Yeah. Best I see is 16 on our books, so uh, I guess Barstool's the place to go. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm probably not, but uh, that's the Ford that I would lean lean to. I'm not going to take any Toyotas for pole, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, and even though Toyota did, Christopher Bell got, what, a couple of them? He got one of them. Last year, one yeah. of them. Oh, actually, no, you're right. Yeah, he they, did get two. He did get two, yep. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, I I don't know. It's one of those gut feeling things that I don't feel like my gut's not telling me that Toyota's gonna be on the pole down here. I don't think so either. I think they're gonna run well, but I don't think they're gonna qualify well. Yeah, I think they're gonna run well, but they're not gonna they're not gonna qualify but like mid. They might place one or two drivers in the top ten. Then I think you'll have a lot of them in the middle of the field and then you'll see They'll come through the field in the duels if they get if they get bunched up together. See, that's the thing with Toyota; they can really overcrowd or get screwed in a duel, you know, very easily. So you have to pay attention to that, how everybody ends up qualifying. And uh, I don't know; it's I just feel like it's Chevy's it's Chevy. It's a Chevy kind of year down. Yeah, I mean they're. If they don't get on the pole, I'm going to be pissed because, yeah. of course, they're not now because I didn't hype them up. And hey, but took if, you, and... if you look at – look, let me convince you on Briscoe for a second. The reason I'm on Briscoe, right, I want to be on at least one Ford. Last year, Super Speedways, he's, he was ninth at Daytona. He got the pole at Atlanta, and he was fifth at second the second day iteration. So, according to qualifying ranks last year, he ranks eighth among all drivers in qualifying's the second Ford. Huh. It's not bad for only being five points less than Harrison Burton. Yeah, fucking Harrison Burton. So I hate him. What I if, can't stand him. So what He's if you just a shitty driver? What if you just bet the eighty to one Harrison Burton just in case he withdraws and like a real <laughs> driver goes in the twenty one? Because we know we know the twenty one's <laughs> like locked to finish top five in this race if it's not Harrison Burton behind the wheel. And we're not gonna get him because they're gonna cancel it. Oh fuck. Almost. We need him to start the race and then get released. <laughs> Do a Ricky Bobby's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll call Ricky Bobby in for 500. <laughs> Shit. Oh, well, let's we'll uh, talk about Ricky Bobby props. I think it's time to hang it up, Aver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at some top tens and, and okay. fives and stuff, and it it's just nothing that really, like, strikes me as I want. I want any money on it. Uh, one of the things that I like, I think, is maybe maybe going down here to Austin Hill top 10 or 
Gilliland, Zane, um, hell, even Cody Ware is worth a worth a sprinkle. Yeah, might fuck around, might fuck around and sneak into something. I'm to find out. <laughs> yeah, definitely with him. I mean, just looking at stuff where I mean, you put ten dollars on him, you got over a hundred dollar return. That that'd be a nice, nice little little payback. And I just, I don't know. It, I'm not a big, I'm not a big person on on these. I mean, when I'm sitting there looking at, I know some people have taken like Austin Dillon and whoever top ten right around plus two hundred, and that just does not do it for me. I think it was like, just me that was talking about that, Roy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's uh, actually a thing. I just I just went uh, what broke there for a second. I, no, I no, what you were saying was is comparing like if you took let's say you sprinkled on some plus two hundred top tens, yeah. you hit two two out of the four, you finish up, you know, mm-hmm. like I I feel like that's what you have to do with these is Me personally, I'm just gonna pick my favorite one out and fucking like put yeah more on it. That's probably where I'm going with it. Just take a chance on one dude and hope for a hell of a return. And if not, then so be it. Like Yeah, yeah we're not in this just uh scrabble together pennies. <laughs> well, <laughs> not trying to count. I mean, we hammer, well we can hammer all four of them, shit. Whatever. You just said the opposite. I mean, hell, I'm down I'm, I'm already way too exposed for this damn race, so <laughs> I need to stop talking about Daytona. Better. I don't know. I mean, part of me just feels like what kind of value are we really talking about here Yeah, with even money or even two-to-one top tens when anything can happen at this damn thing? Like. That's that's my whole way of thinking on it. Like, yeah. if I can drop drop down here, see, I'm thinking more so of sprinkling the bottom, and then I take four drivers at like a quarter unit, and all I gotta do is hit one of them. One of them, yeah, yeah. I don't mind. And yeah, and I'm I'm at least gonna win a little bit, and hell, I might hit two, three, four. That's why they need to bring the top ten. Parlays back give us rednecks a chance at winning a million dollars on them, you know. Can we can we do a DNF prop? Like that'd be fun. I'd like to I'd like to bet Ricky Stenhouse to DNF at minus two twenty. You know, I thought about this earlier today, but I feel like there's probably there's probably like they probably don't want people to be they don't want the books to be putting that out so people are rooting for Rex. That's probably the <laughs> But people are anyway. What do you mean? That's why people go to the Daytona five hundred Damn. No I'm not. I'm not arguing. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying from a from a legality standpoint, I'm sure NASCAR doesn't want that out there. <laughs> it's tough to watch when when the entire grandstand starts cheering with Ricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna get concussed this week? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's out yeah. for two months because of concussion and all the all the uh the camera shots of it are just people cheering in the background. <laughs> but uh, all right, boys. I think we've talked enough about a race that. Um, to, to our by our own words is a complete shit show. But it's a lovely have, shit show, though. It's an incredible. Yeah, it so I can't fucking wait for it. Hopefully, let's let's win some damn money. Hopefully, Alex Bowman can win the poll, and 
I got uh, the barbecue ready. It, I'm ready to roll. It's gonna be right. like it's gonna be like fucking wings and Boston butt. Maybe a chicken. I don't know. We're gonna have all kinds of shit going on. Yeah. Jalapeno poppers. This, this whole week, I was around. trying to. Yeah. I was trying to find tickets to Daytona. I should have been trying to find tickets to Rory's backyard. Is what I should have been doing. Yeah, there you go. Y'all come on down. Come on <laughs> up. I mean, come on up. Only sixty dollars for me. Oh, lady won't mind. We'll kick it out here in the out here in the side room. Got yeah, some TVs hung up. We can watch Riviera and and uh, NASCAR. Oh shit, Royce. Uh, I wish you had told me earlier. You guys, you guys have DoorDash accessible uh, to your household over there. You guys got a driver that can carry sixteen miles down uh down on ninety five. Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> cool. we'll get it set up then. We'll get it set up. Let's let's get yeah. this card real quick uh, before we kind of get out of here. We do have Ryan Blaney locked in at twelve to one. You can still find that number very widely accessible. We have Alex Bowman locked in at twenty five to one. Another number you can pretty easily find. And we have Graxon and Haley both at fifty to one. Uh, both numbers you can easily find as well. As far as futures go that are less accessible, aka not accessible anymore, we do have Kyle Busch and uh, Eric Jones at 25 and 50 to 1. Unfortunately, there that number's been slashed um, since we put it in the offseason, but there's more reason to follow Crazy Action Network and uh, and get those kind of, again, those forward-facing uh, prices when we do decide to make moves early on uh, in the process here. But, yeah, that's going to wrap up. For right now, at least, our um, our outright card, we do have Alex Bowman, uh, William Byron, Kyle Busch, and Chase Briscoe as well on the poll um, to kind of wrap up our exposures. But obviously, if you want to find our updated cards, just follow us on Flag Hunting, follow us on the Action Network, and you will get every bet that Chris makes this week. And then I want to first off thank Rory for, for being a goddamn trooper and uh, <laughs> and going through not one but two shows with us with a sore throat and whatever else he's feeling right now. So I hope he gets better. And I'm going to throw it to him for the last however long he wants to uh, go through with the bets he's made and just some general shit <laughs> from our boy Roy Picks. Thanks, buddy. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on. Chris texted me earlier in the week and was like, <clears throat> I believe you. Did you say you wanted to come on for 500 week? And I'm like, hell, I don't know. But shit, I'll come on for Riviera and Daytona 500 yeah. talk. Yeah, I'm down. Had a shuffle ticket? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had, a had to come blow. Yeah, <laughs> I had to come blow that up. You know, <laughs> so I mean, it's um, uh, I got Corey LaJoy, and I have Alex Bowman and William Byron for poll, and I haven't taken any damn thing else. I'm probably probably am getting ready to add Larson and Elliot for poll. I don't. I feel like it's going to be Hendrick and. I feel like that. I feel like I need to go with that route and hope for the best. So, and duels, that's what I'm kind of excited about. I feel like, I feel like in the duels, we can really get a hold of somebody and possibly win. And most of the time they finish those without tearing each other's shit all to hell, you know, like somebody gets a run or whatever going to make a pass unless it's Joey Logano out front you're probably going to be all right if it's Joey out there he's going to block the shit out of everybody so that that's that's my outlook so far on it uh sitting here patiently on truck Xfinity odds I am curious to see what we end up with with them how high Elliot actually is and how that may help us out you know, your Zane Smiths and people, people like that, 
We may get a bump in odds. And Corey LaJoy's in the damn truck race. Pastrana so, is too, I think. Xfinity? Huh? Who's running Xfinity? Elliot? Chase? No, trucks. Chase is running trucks? Yeah, he's running trucks. Uh, Corey yeah. LaJoy's running trucks. He, Travis Pastrana. I can't remember sure. if it's anybody else or that's, not. That's the only three so that I know your, about. So give me give me your winner for Xfinity and trucks, irrespective of I know odds aren't out yet, but who who were you? You said Zane Smith was your guy for trucks, right? If you're oh, third. absolutely, you got to yeah. go with Zane. You know, okay. Zane. I'll take him too. Zane's got good taste. He's gonna win a. He's gonna win the race. So, and Xfinity, I'm going. I'm going with my boy Mayer. Same. I hope they give us. I hope they give us a dumbass line on him. He's gonna finally get that win, get okay. it off of him, start the year. Little, I get a little payback from Talladega where he almost cashed for me. Yeah, there was a lot of almost for Sam May, unfortunately, last year. But yeah, uh, right, we're gonna yeah. get him this year though. We're okay. Josh hey. Berry and Sam Mayer is gonna make us a fuck ton. Bet him every week. I'm betting him every week alongside Roy Picks. Uh, Chris, you got to. You got anyone else other than Zane or or um or a boy Sam in the expanding of the trucks? Um, I'm really dove into it. I would. I, I was just thinking. I kind of want to. I'm curious about uh Chandler Smith for colleague now in Xfinity. I think that might be that might be kind of fun one to look at. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all I can think about off the cuff yep. without looking into anything yet. I think he's going to be pretty good over there. Cog's Cog's got it figured out in the Xfinity series with Super Speedway yeah. package. So Chandler jumping into that ride. Is Sheldon a- Creed Sheldon Creed still running Xfinity in that two car? He's always yeah. a stud in the Speedways. Yeah, yeah. Sheldon, yeah. yeah. And then you, you know, he'll he'll yeah. be the favorite. Oh, that's right. He will oh, be the favorite. Still, yeah. Oh, he is still driving shit. Yeah. Yeah. Those gonna be like four to one and still win. And Hemrick Hemrick's and Cog. Oh still, no but. no no! Haley's in it. Justin Haley's in it. You're right. He is. Well, <laughs> well, I know You're right. <laughs> yeah. I know what Chris is good. <laughs> All right. Well, if you can go ahead and write that in pen, Justin Haley for Xfinity Series from FHP. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that one. Oh, yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. My money will be there. I'm going to bet. Yeah, so that's, that's actually, maybe I'm switching over to Haley over, over Mayor. I'll probably still bet Mayor. Yeah. But I'm going to definitely have some some bets out there all right well stay tuned obviously you know where to follow us at fhp at flag hunting uh rory picks at rory picks man he's gonna be everywhere he's gonna be laying coin he's gonna be on the preview show with Derek and uh skybox and phil i heard uh him and skybox are starting a new youtube endeavor uh pre-race yep. this weekend so man fill us in just give us your your elevator speech and let's get out of here and yeah, Saturday, Saturday. I think it's going to be Saturday. I need to finalize that, make sure so I don't miss it. But it'll be with uh, NASCAR Prophecy and, and Skybox. Both Mark and uh, Dave are both down there this week for the race. So, so you're going to carry the load then. <laughs> you're going to have your lifted while they, uh, while they sit around and tailgate. Yeah, I got live betting available. Oh, there you to go. Me. That's so, true. Yeah. I think Dave's actually flying back. He's going to be back home at 11 <coughs> or, so, or some, something like that Sunday. So we, uh, we're we excited to get that going, and we're just uh, 
We're excited for the damn season to start. We've been rolling along with podcasts all throughout the winter, having people on and having a having a good old time. I mean, we took a few weeks off here and there, and he ta- he texted me earlier. I thought he was going to say we're just going to skip because he was headed down to Daytona and whatever but he was actually because i was like i don't whatever you want to do i'm fine with doing one or yeah let's do one after the after the show tomorrow night all right i'm down so all right well hell yeah man i'm looking forward to it obviously a lot to look forward to with all of our content with some of the new endeavors with fantasy and one and done that's that's happening so um hope everyone out there is able to participate and there's no better way to start the season than catching a few tickets here so Best of luck to everybody at Daytona. We'll see you all back next week. And, Roy, man, thanks again for coming on. Get some rest and uh, sleep that cold off, all right? Yeah, thank you all. All right, big dog.